Morning, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening again to Crossing Broadcast. Uh, before we get started with the <laughs> normal, the normal show, I just want to feel like you just started a class. I know. Uh, I I just want to plug something really quick that I tweeted out the other day, and I know people have been donating to, and it's awesome. Uh, it's like a little bit of a somber note. Um, there is a GoFundMe page. It's GoFundMe.com backslash Lucan's Family Fund. That's L-U-K-E-N-S Family Fund. Um, there was a family, my wife uh, is a teacher of, of two of the kids. Uh, they had a really tragic house fire uh, in the beginning of the week, 5.30 a.m. The parents were able to get out. The dad tried to get back in to save uh, two of the little boys. One's in kindergarten, one was in fifth grade. They got the daughter out, but they couldn't get back in and get the, the two sons. So uh, in a holiday time that we're all really excited for, a really tragic loss. Uh, the GoFundMe page is up to $237,000 as of this morning. I know a bunch of people have retweeted it out and have donated. If you get a chance, even if you can't donate, just keep them in your thoughts. Uh, if you can donate, that would be sensational. Much appreciated. Now on with the rest of the show. Yeah, and if you're looking for it and forget the URL or whatever, it's on Russ's Twitter, Joy on Broad. I also retweeted him, so just just check out one of our Twitters, and there's a link on there from about uh, twenty, about like late Wednesday, I would say, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, yeah, we'll try and bounce back from that. We got a few uh, housekeeping notes today. We have a new sponsor. We're going to be announcing a new giveaway with five hundred dollars worth of tailgating gear. Uh, I'm so excited about that. And we have a cornucopia of topics to tackle on a Friday morning. So, um, Adam, you gave the idea of letting Russ just sort of throw out topics, and we, we choose which ones the hell we want to talk about. Yeah, because Russ is the glue guy of the show. You know, he is the... Uh, he is the... Um, the guy who just balled up paper on his open mic and threw it in the trash. No, it was it was a fiber bar. It was a little plastic, a little crunchy. He's, he's You're gonna every... fiber bar in the morning? That is I'm gonna wow. I know I'm taking it with me later. Ugh. But I, I just forgot I put it in my pocket. You're brace is every six one white Duke guard ever. He is the energy, he is the leader, he is following the coach's order. And he points a lot. And he does. Absolutely. Like Paul, Greg Paul is just points. That was his whole job at Duke. Just point. I like the point. All right, so uh, lead us possibilities, guys. We've got stuff to talk about for the Sixers, the Flyers, the Phillies, and the Eagles. Ooh, where do you want to start? Well, what? Let's hear it. All right, so why don't we start really quick? The Phillies uh, have reportedly signed Pat Neshek to a deal. I think the average is eight million a year. I think it's two years, seventeen million dollars. I better pull that up to to feel be, the excitement. To be certain, um, they re-signed Neshek, who actually went to Twitter last night. And cracked a joke saying, uh, thanks to Reese Hoskins for giving me number 17 back. I'll sign some balls and send them your way. He started getting some Twitter hate, and he was like, guys, obviously I was kidding. Reese Hoskins is going to keep 17. The biggest rumor of the week, uh, there were a couple things put out there about Zach Granke uh, being pursued by the Phillies in a potential trade. But probably the biggest name uh, has been Manny Machado. I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with this or not. Yes. But the Manny Machado rumors have been that teams such as the Yankees, <clears throat> the Phillies, even the White Sox, I think the Giants and the Cardinals have all been in, involved in some level. Uh, as of yesterday morning, the last thing I had seen is that supposedly the White Sox had moved in as a as a leading candidate, but then they would parlay him into a trade with the Yankees. The Orioles don't want to trade directly. But would you be interested in trading 
top prospects, including Sixo Sanchez, their best pitching prospect, for Manny Machado, even if you don't get to uh, have a 72-hour extension window, which apparently Baltimore is not willing to offer. So I'm kind of with Bob on this, as he wrote on the website. I don't know if I want to give up Sixo Sanchez for the like one-year rental of Machado if you're not guaranteed that he's going to re-sign here. Because the Phils, the Phils have a ton of money, and if this isn't the year they go out and go nuts in free agency, it's probably going to be next year. And, you know, Trout now with Otani there, what, whatever's going on with his elbow, like Trout become, leaving the Angels is less certain than it was before, but there's going to be Harper out there. Machado may still be a free agent. He has said he doesn't want to negotiate anywhere. So the Phils have enough money and probably have a good enough situation that they can do their damage in free agency. So I like the notion of trading for Machado. Like he's so good and so young that you can stomach giving up prospects. This isn't a 30 year old guy who's, you know, got two years left of peak. He's probably just entering his peak, but I don't, I don't think they need to do anything. And that's, I think that's what, where we're going to wind up is like, they're interested. They'll entertain offers, but they're not going to trade their future, you know, because this one guy doesn't want to negotiate and all that. It's just a weird situation. The interesting thing about him is that he's been playing third base. He's made himself an elite third baseman, but he reportedly wants to move back to shortstop. And there had been multiple rumors about the Phillies, I think, being engaged with, I want to say, the Padres about Freddie Galvis. And up until yesterday, uh, uh, that went out the window, the possible trade of Cesar Hernandez to the Angels. Yeah. But I agree with Kyle, but hold on. I thought we were doing a rundown. You just started talking about one i thought we we're gonna get the the buffet I, line i was just getting that you know getting that baseball talk out of the way uh, so other things all right that was, next our, topic. That was our vegetables all right so next next topic here's your intermezzo got, mario batali was fired from the chew go ahead i am so upset was he officially <laughs> this fired? is this yeah, is bigger to me than than like matt, matt lauer what no, were his official what were his official allegations i don't know i, I forget his his allegations. Was he essentially it, was it like Marshall he, Falk or was it Warren no, Sapp? I don't like think there's it, two different levels here. It was somewhere in between, somewhere he, in between. Yeah, that thing, dude wore Crocs. That's the I thing wear, that I, I'm, I'm wearing I find Crocs so right now. Right Ew. now, I'm wearing. That's disgusting. It is so hard for me Crocs. to look at Mario Batali and just. Ugh. But anyway, I, I was sad because I I like the chew. My wife and I DVR that show. Find a good recipe for dinner. I like the dynamic, and now this I'm is, I'm very that, upset. That is the most rust thing you have ever said. I am right. so upset. What are we gonna do for dinner? I don't know. Let's see what Batali's cooking up on the chew. Seriously, they had such good I, like they really, they really had good stuff going, and now it's, they're down to three of them. Daphne Oz is like out with pregnancy for like the third time, and she walked away from the show. She keeps having kids. Good for her. Good for I her and her husband. I hate that but... show. I hate it. How could I, you hate the show? I'm holding them all day, and occasionally it's on if you? ABC's on. It is. I just, I don't know. For some reason, it's just one of those shows, like, I look at the screen and can't stomach it. Oh, I, I love it. I'm not trying to pick a fight with you. I just don't like it for some reason. No, I'm not going to fight a, with you I had an ex that was obsessed with it, and when we were in New York, she actually went, and she was like, it was amazing. And I was like, I don't know. One of the stars wears Crocs. I can't really get down with that. But now, I like but now I got Kyle and Crocs. I got Russ taking uh, recipes from a sexual predator. I mean, this is weird. <laughs> I was disappointed, too, because I thought that all of his merchandise would drop. And he had, like, a really nice line of cookware. And I thought that everything would, like, go 70% off. None of it is on discount yet. But it will. Man, spatchcocking, spatchcocking takes on a whole new meaning, huh, Russ? 
Oh, you're disgusting. Anyway. The baster, uh, the Batali baster is probably let's, not something you want to... Uh, it comes with batteries. Uh, weird. Uh, all right, so let's... It, hey, let's wait, why we're on sexual harassment? No. ESPN. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, so there was oh, an article... Culture? Well, yeah, so in the Boston Globe that specifically named John Butchergrass and Matthew Berry, of all people. What? Um, yeah. But then when that you read shocking. it... Well, that one's shocking. Well... Which one, Butchergrass or Barry, or both? Both. So it's all about the culture, and there was a former uh, employee who was hired as part of, like, a diversity program. They hired, like, 100 people, like, for support staff, I guess. Um, and I, this was, like, seven or eight years ago. ESPN had looked into it. Butchergrass would text her things. Like, he called her doll face and, like, long legs. Like, oh. And at one point, he sent her a shirtless picture of himself. Um, shirtless. That was it. No, no worse than that. And he said ESPN had looked into it. Both he and ESPN denied that there was anything there. ESPN said they like did a deep dive way back then. Butchergrass remained friends with her after. Like he said, I was a little embarrassed, but like it wasn't nothing. And then Matthew Berry. This goes back to a Jen Sturger thing that was actually in the news. But I guess when she was up there applying for jobs, like in 2007. She went to a strip club with a number of people who worked there, including Matthew Berry, and then claimed that she didn't really want to go. And that was the extent of it. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, I mean, so, I, not that, you know, both of those things are a little bit odd, but, like, you know, there is such a, and this isn't to downplay people who are coming forward, but you do have to realize that there is, like, a broad spectrum of this stuff. And right now, there's a lot of people, like, you know, Google Butchergrass right now and see what you get. Like, there's a lot of people who are being caught in the wash for things that are, you know, like, maybe makes you roll their eyes eyes at them, but not, like, you know, Matt Lauer. <laughs> all right. So that's all. Yeah, I agree. Let's, uh, let's pivot back to our beautiful rundown, one of the greatest rundowns. Uh, we'll get to the Eagles, I'm assuming, at some point, previewing the Giants game and key matchups. Uh, Flyers won five straight last night, and we have a bunch of Sixers topics. Where do you want to go? And we have net neutrality, which I know everybody wants to unpack on a Friday. <laughs> and we have the greatest freestyle in uh, rap history. Let's talk about that really quick. Lollipop. Black Thought. That was... Here, hold on, let's do this. Kyle, what do you think when I, when I wrote my name as Black Thought in the... In my name slot, what do you think that means? Oh, man. Uh, I had no idea. Okay, so you need to watch this. Okay. On Funkmaster Flex's show, uh, the MC Black Thought, who was the lead MC for The Roots, who I know that you know, dropped... Of course, they're on Jimmy Fallon. There you go. I actually saw them at Villanova once, so so street cred right there. A 10-minute freestyle. Straight. I have never seen anyone with this much much energy using this kind of vocabulary go. And I think it's something that you'll see it. And immediately people all over the Twitter sphere and everything were talking. It became a trending topic so much so that Trump voters that were against uh, just any anything that is not white thought, I guess, were going black thought. This is ridiculous. Why not white thought? Not realizing that it had nothing to do with uh, with any of that, and it had to, that's actually the name of the MC. That's how big it got. Diddy was tweeting about it. He called uh, it the best freestyle of all time. Yes, you need to watch it. I highly encourage everyone to see it. One because it's Philadelphia based. 
but two, because you just need to see it. And because you have brought up lollipops versus as the greatest of all time, I think you need to, to witness this and just experience uh, what it actually is for possibly the greatest of all time. I will, it's insane. I will check it out. Do people like it just because it's the roots? No, it's okay. it's just okay. incredible. Just it really checking. no. It's like, the root, people like... like everything the roots do, and like I don't think the roots are that good. Just going to throw that out there. Uh, it's not my thing. Yeah, I would just say that it's it's a combination of the longevity, the vocabulary, and the energy, and the fact that he never takes a breath. Like it's it's just wild. Like if you because it, it's. Look, the one line that we always talk about with Lil Wayne that you always bring up is that late text and the late text. If really? you think Poet- that's good wordplay, yeah, but if you think that's good wordplay, he does that like, I don't know, 84 times. Okay. It's okay. And it wasn't just, written out b- beforehand? No. That's even a if, question he, that I always come back Kyle, to. Kyle, here's the thing. Even if it was, I don't know how you remember all of this. You know what I mean? Like, Russ, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, like, that, that is a question that I often have when, when freestyling comes up, though, is, like, you would think that a lot of the parts of it have been portions of other of other raps or thoughts that a, a rapper's had. But, yeah, like, to memorize that entire I, thing, this is this is beyond memorizing Marcus Aurelius's speech and Julius Caesar. Yes. I would love to know how much time Russ gives to thinking about freestyling. Practically none. Is that Do you do it during commercial breaks of the chew? <laughs> no, he actually freestyles during the commercial breaks of the chew. I sure do. Mario right, but- Batali made me feel gross. I need to go home and cook with my babe. She's the most. Okay. All right, before- I need asparagus and maybe some broccoli. And when I'm with Kyle, ain't nobody on top of me. Before we move on to real topics, we should probably plug our sponsor. There he is, Metalli, rocking all the Crocs. Problem is, he's got a boner under each of his cooking smocks. Oh, you could have gone socks. No, the smock is better. Oh. Gross. Mario Metalli hasn't seen it in years. That's why I don't know if I could. Oh. All right. Sorry. That was gross. Sponsor. Uh, Yeah, before we go on, that's perfectly. What a good transition. Perfectly in him for Cozy. Um,. So yeah, we've been telling you about them for almost two months now. If there's still time, today is what, December 15th? I've been reading the date at almost every show since November 1st, since they start, first started sponsoring us. They still have 10 days left to get holiday gifts. I know Investor Mike and Investor Jeff have floated the idea of taking a trip to Cozy's to get something for their wives, who hopefully aren't listening to this. Um, oops. Anyway, uh, you have 10 days left to get something. Uh, Russ, please mute your audio. Oh no, that's Adam's end. Damn. What? Yeah, no, nothing. I'm hearing my. Yeah, my look echo. at you. Look what? at you. Fake news. Fake news. Over I know. There. I am fake news. Anyway, go to go to Cozy, um, family-owned and operated, located in the heart of Newtown Square. If you want to get something this holiday season, it is the place to go. They have an excellent selection. They're a certified Movado watch dealer. Um, more importantly, or more significantly, if you're in the market for getting engaged, maybe this year. At this point, probably next year, and you're just thinking about the process, go in there, mention Crossing Broad or Crossing Broadcast. You will get, if you buy a women's diamond engagement ring, you'll get a free men's cobalt wedding band, which is, you know, the sort of thing you don't think about before you get engaged, and then you realize, like, oh, wow, I need to get more rings. So it will be nice to have that taken care of. More importantly for you, the guys from Cozy will walk you through the process. They'll explain to you how they source their diamonds, how to build the ring, the four Cs, all that. It could seem very daunting and intimidating. Uh, They will take care of you. 
So please check them out. It's Cozy Jewelers, C-O-Z-Z-I Jewelers.com. They're located in Newtown Square. Whether it's a ring or any sort of jewelry or watches you need this holiday season, go in there. Um, just go in there and tell them we sent you. It helps us. It helps the show. It helps everybody. So uh, my, our thanks to them for sponsoring the show. They're also sponsoring Anthony Sanfilippo's uh, Flyers content on the website. All right, Russ. Co- Cozy Jewelers, if you're looking to light her menorah this Hanukkah, put a ring on it. What? Wow. <laughs> Adam, what night is this? What day is this of uh, Chanukah? Well, last night was the th- was the I light lit three candles, so I think today is the fourth. The fourth crazy night. Yeah. Okay. Yes, that is accurate. This is a strip club night of Hanukkah. Is that true? Yeah, you, you, the whole family goes to the strip club, and uh, you, you make it go rain. With Matthew Berry. This isn't real. Stop. That would be fantastic. Russ, are you sure it's not real? Or I don't just... know. Now I'm now I'm questioning things. I don't know. Your parents listen to this, so I'm going to be excited. I don't know if they do. They might. Mom and Dad left well, You know what? We're going to use this as a litmus test to see if they listen. <laughs> Mom and Dad, thank you for taking me to Delilah's all those years on the fourth night of Hanukkah. Don't they have a good steakhouse? Isn't that their thing? Never mind. I don't know. I've never understood eating at a place like that. So, um... Flyers, since we just really briefly mentioned the uh, the fact that they cozy sponsors Anthony Sanfilippo's Flyers coverage. Let's hit that really quick. Flyers have won five straight games after losing ten straight. Uh, last night they beat a team that really shouldn't even be in the NHL. That would be the Buffalo Sabres, who are now 8-18. Eight and 18. They are atrocious, dreadful. Whatever Ever since they signed of... Villalano, they just haven't been the same. Oh, sad. Um uh, a stat that was put out by David Katai last night. Uh, in NHL history, only three teams, I think three teams, have lost ten consecutive games and then won five or more consecutive games. And all th- all of those teams made the playoffs and advanced to at least round two, 1992, <laughs> 93. Uh, <laughs> never mind, I'm never going to go into yeah, it. it. It's like, you want to talk about arbitrary stats, like that's pretty much it. Uh, an interesting thing for those who are not keeping up with the Flyers this year, um, they are in seventh out of eighth place, or seven out of eight in the Metropolitan Division. Oddly enough, they have more points per game than the Pittsburgh Penguins. The defending Stanley Cup champions are only up on them by two points in the standings, and they've played two more games. It is a weird NHL year. So... Yeah, I don't. I have like trouble at the moment getting up on anything Flyers because I feel like be, like everything just vacillates between the world is ending to you know I think they might have enough to st- squeak through the Eastern Conference and get to the Cup and like there's no in between with the Flyers and with the fan base like even. I think the stuff Anthony has been writing for the website has been great, and people, it's, seriously, has been getting very good reviews, the best, the best reviews. No, but seriously, people like it, right? But, like, even just, like, editing his stuff and proofreading it, like, as a Flyers writer, even he is, like, going end-to-end, and he's one of the more moderate, like, reasonable voices out there. But, like, you know, after the first five games, it's like, hey, wow, we might really have something here. We have enough of a sample size. And then after the five-game losing streak, it's like, you know, we're calling for the coach's job. And this is like perpetual Flyers fandom. So it's like, I don't know. I just can't I just can't imagine, like, a more insignificant team right now because they are in that they are in that late Comcast owning the Sixers era where it's like they might be good enough to get into the playoffs – 
but it seems there is like a general malaise in the organization that there's no real leadership from the top. And like part of this is like no one really knows who owns the Flyers, who is answering to who. Is Paul Holmgren answering to Dave Scott, who's been tapped by Comcast to run this? Who does he answer to? Like does Brian Roberts just get to show up and speak at Ed Snyder's thing and like think it's cool that once a year he could pretend to own a sports team and not be like one of the most powerful execs in the world? Like I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's it it really I can't has even been talk a about a season. Flyers regular season game because of all those things cuz yeah, it's, it's like where are we going It's a weird here? season. The positive last night was Travis Sanheim who I've brought up many times before. Yeah, nice a, shot. Had a had a goal last night. Yo, Sanheim steamroller. How about our dude Nolan Patrick saving a goal? He did. Nolan Nolan's kind of been a a little bit of a a puzzling piece this year. A lot of the young guys have have been in and out of the lineup. And uh, Nolan has seen entire games where he's gone for like one or two shifts in the third period where Hackstall's been shortening the bench. Um, he and Konechny, I think, are starting to warm up a little bit. But Sanheim has been a guy who's been, you know, passed over in the past for uh, guys like Brandon Manning. And for him to get his first goal last night was big. He also uh, was in the news. Um, they thought that he was going to be scratched from a game, I think, two days ago because he was the last guy on the ice, but it turned out that he was just doing extra skating and extra practice to try to get in the good graces of uh, Dave Hackstall, and it, it worked out for him. Scored his first NHL goal last night. They're still not really worth caring all that much about. They're 13-11-7, and, and like I said, they're seventh out of eight teams in their division. But if they catch fire, I mean, five straight Stop. after losing Stop. ten straight. No, 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 I'm not saying, hold on. I know where you were going to go with that. And I don't appreciate it. The conversation that we had prior to the season was you, Kyle, saying that anybody could make the playoffs in the NHL. And I'm not even ready to come close to the playoff discussion. I'm just saying if they are able to get themselves midway into their own division, then it becomes like a little bit interesting. They start to become something to talk about. But where they're sitting at right now, they are not really worth talking all no, that much I, about. No, but I think you misunderstood what I said in the beginning of the year because it's not... Like, yeah, I think they can make the playoffs, but it's like, honestly, who cares? Like, why would they be worth talking about to make the playoffs? You should make, like, and this is my point, they should make the playoffs in the NHL. Like, there's really no reason why the Flyers have to go, like, four, three out of four seasons by missing the playoffs. Like, that was my point. Like, you know, their, their upside here is like, man, maybe, you know, maybe squeaking into the playoffs. Like, I don't know. I'm just so down on the Flyers right now, and I... Nothing you could say could change me on that. So I apologize. That's, I'm just being the, I'm just being a curmudgeon about the whole look, thing. Look, the biggest the biggest positive is that a lot of young guys are getting playing time now. Even if Dave Hackstall shortens his bench at the end of games, like it's nice to see guys like Sanheim up. Fair. So there there are positives there. We got Sixers topics. Yeah. How about the New Jerseys? Did you guys see them? Yeah. The I, I are these the Reds that are coming out tonight? No, no, no. no. I just posted Adam and Kyle. I posted the link into Slack and into. Uh, this TriCast thing of all of the uh, the jerseys. I want to talk top three and bottom three. Okay, so <laughs> a couple. So so yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen them, they're on the website. It was a leak in NBA 2K18. It's the second time Ugh. NBA 2K18 has leaked. First, it was the statement jerseys. Now it's the city jerseys, which are the uh, Nike's branding for the third and fourth alternates of each of the teams. The second time they've leaked an NBA 2K18 this year. I imagine there are some people. Uh, with the teams, with Nike, with the league, who are not happy about that. But, uh, you know, it's what happens when you want a super authentic game. They get it before everybody else, and it accidentally shows up there. Um, Sixers, New Jersey's. The feedback I got on Twitter from this 
admittedly super low res screenshot was uh, not super positive. It was. I'm met not with a fan. Col- I'm looking at it right now. Okay, so Filla? you'll be a good straw man here. What is it that you don't like about it? I don't know what that color is. Okay, I. What color do you think it is? Uh, brown. No. What is it that? Is. Dark white? Like it looks like if like I start and like it looks like I have a stain and instead of blotting it, I smudged it. And then I don't know what the script is, and I don't think it's that much different than a normal jerseys. It's just the font's different and it looks like it looks like the Miami Dolphins script font. Like it looks like it's saying fins. Um and then in comparison to these other pictures, I just feel like they mailed it in on us. So okay. That's so my I- breakdown. Yeah, so first of all, I, the screenshots, I mean, you could literally see the pixels in the screenshot of someone's screen. So let's understand that. First of all, the color is, uh, um, I have seen high-res photos of this. I can't post Well, the updated, the updated thing I dropped in there for you guys is based on a 1080p photo. Okay. So it, it is clearer now. Okay. It's a little bit better to see. I'll check that out. But um, I, I, having seen a image of the actual jerseys, what they are, they are parchment color meant to match the oh. Declaration of Independence. Fuck me. Uh, yeah. So you don't like that? No, I mean, the idea is great, but, like, I don't know. The font. I didn't look at it and go, you know what? See, I, is that, I, is I, that I, the Bill of Rights? Are they I'm wearing tell you the Bill of Rights? No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The, the font is, they, I believe, like some sort of custom-made font to, in an attempt to match the script on the Declaration of Independence. Uh, I think these are going to wind up looking a lot like the Phillies alternates, where it's like in in picture they seem kind of nonchalant, and then on the field, like to me, those cream Phillies alternates, at least when they first came out, maybe now they're a little long in the tooth, but like they were really cool looking. I think that's the way these are going to look on the court. Okay. Um, there's also the side piping is gone. Like there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of like drop shadow Man, piping on. Sixers that's exactly how Batali got in trouble. Side piping. <laughs> but I don't know. To me, these are going to look sharp. I like. I don't think the picture does the simplicity of them justice. But I, I think they're going to look sharp. You mentioned some of the other teams. There's some good ones like the, like the. Hold on. I don't know, before we can go you, before, you, yeah, before okay. you move on, there's some the hideous back. ones. In I here, have. Though. I have a couple problems with. Go ahead. So, I think before you had you had mentioned to us about what what these might look like, and yeah. I in my mind I had it kind of built up. I don't like that the numbers are the same drop yes. shadow font as as normal. Like, I don't like that at all. I thought that's that those fair. numbers would end up being a similar script. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so I don't like that. The modern aesthetic, thought, though, is to Ben classic and, and like, classic and I don't and like it modern. at all. Chicago yeah, did it, you, too, on their you, But, like, if you look at these other ones, like, look at the Atlanta ones. They're these, the black and green neon, but the, the number font matches right. a similar kind of style. I like to, the Celtics one a lot. I think that's the, the old garden floor design yep. in the background that's really cool sure is and and so like i thought that the sixers jerseys would also kind of i thought were all of this cream spaces i thought that they might try to go with like some kind of a faded declaration of independence and i'm just saying like this de- this faded like mm. declaration of independence thing where you would see like very faded text in the back where it would look like phila was highlighted within the context of the declaration of independence so i'm i'm disappointed that there's so much blank space not to get you on a T Swift rant, but like, I, I kind of want to see you the want words looks. all over this thing. Like, dude, I'd have I been mean, fine blank with that. Like space a, a very, is... a very faded. No, no, I'm saying like a very faded thing where like 
Phila is is highlighted within it. Okay. Like I think that would have looked cool. Alright. Um, I'm not one of the biggest fans of the cream colored Philly uh like Philly's uniforms. I think they're fine. Be gone. But like be gone. But I think you're dead to me. You but just, I think like they're dead. enough of a the difference is there's enough contrast between the red and white pinstripe home jersey and those cream colored ones. And kinda like Adam said, these look like a you know, a slight variation of the the white home jerseys. I know what you're saying about like the side piping being gone, but that's what I they think used you'll to find have. they look that's more they different on the court. Revamp the jerseys. With Maybe the they will. Like, in combo, I don't, I'm wondering I don't what think the these back of these is going to look like. Justice. Yeah, I just kind of wish that. I think more than anything, the number font is what I don't like. That, okay, that's fair. I'll give you that. But like, I'm just looking at some of these, and I agree. Like Boston's is kind of cool. If if not, like you know, we're talking about the Sixers not being super inventive. Like, yeah, adding the parquet floor, but other than that, it's the same jersey. They just changed the, the background. Knicks, the Knicks jersey that has, I think that's supposed to be a play on the fire department, right? Where it, um, it looks yes. like the FDNY. Yes, that you looks are correct. that's really cool. I love the Orlando ones that like the galaxy on them. That's very cool. See, like uh, some the, of these. So, like, are we going cool or are we going ugly? Because, like, is that cool? Yeah, some of these are are ugly. Like, just putting a fire department logo on it, like, it's really not a great-looking jersey. Like, the magic here with the stars, like, what the, with the Disney on it, like, that's well, weird. The, I mean, Disney's No, I know there. it's their sponsor. Fine. But, like, Dallas, like, some of these Dallas are just Dallas is ugly. terrible. The, the Lakers did nothing. They added a, back, oh, a backdrop. Can we briefly talk about, I know people can't see these, but they'll look them up. Uh, the Clippers jersey looks exactly, I mean, like, almost down to the exact color what the Oklahoma City Thunder normal jersey looks like. That light blue, and even the red kind of looks a little bit orangish. It's It legitimately looks like they pulled off Thunder and wrote Clippers. Clippers can't do anything right when it comes to uniforms the last few years. The Kings that, jersey's interesting. Yeah, the, I don't know. So people go look. You can go to sportslogos.net. They have all of these. Our buddy Conrad Burry is the one who unearthed these. He designs most of our shirts, so... Uh, good, good catch by one of their readers found it, and Conrad quickly went in and got all the screenshots. So, good work by him, pissing off every every NBA exec in the league yesterday. Nice, nice job, nice job. But these, some of these are hideous. Some, the I like the Cleveland Rockets ones. having the Chinese glyphs that, or that's whatever. Cool. That's cool. The Cleveland thing is weird. The land. I, I actually, I think the ugliest here might be the Warriors. Like, what is oh, that? I love back- that. What is that background? That's the Chinese are New Year. Like, that's into the, the upside down. No, that's the Chinese dragon, like the Chinese New Year dragon thing in the circle with the uh, the Golden Gate Bridge. That's why the higher res is better. If you're not on the higher res, I didn't see what it was on the the low res, but the high res photo is okay. I'm um, just better. asking why the Chinese New Year. I don't know. Maybe it's a, like is a, it a high like without with this hand with like the risk of being ridiculous here like is, know, that is it just a high asian population they a usually, lot of asian people in san francisco like is well, that they the have, whole reason they have this? the asian like they have the chinese new year alternate right like the the black that had the short sleeves adam they were one of you the seem like the go-to that. on this is this the warriors one you're looking at yeah like they uh, have a chinese new year thing in the background is there, is there a reason is there like is there something i'm missing here oh i want to Warriors Chinese New Year. Oh, it's a dragon. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, the New War. I, I got to say the New Orleans ones. Like, I feel like I'm at Mardi Gras just looking at that uniform. That's cool. Yeah, that one's neat. I could see people walking down I'm the street with horns and girls flashing. Yeah, Adam's doing an investigation. This is good. All right, all right. This um, is good, so let's good let's let's transition. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I think six are going to be better than we think. 
I don't know. I, yeah, maybe they will be. The screenshot the, uh, is a little black. You're right, though. It, it's going to come down to the color. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Embiid. Oh, oh wait, one other thing. Oh. Sorry, sorry, I know, I know. The the other thing, and this goes with these jerseys. They're going to have a special court. It's going to be the same court, and the center apron or whatever is going to be changed out, whatever they call that thing. Um, I think the white jersey on the blue court or the parchment jersey on the blue court will look better. Like the Sixers are insisting upon wearing blue for like ninety percent of their home games, except Saturdays this year. And to me, as much as nice as the blue jerseys are, it's too much blue on the court. Like, I actually think the white jerseys look better at home because they contrast nicely with that blue court. The blue on blue is not – I don't know. I feel like mm. it's missing a contrast. Does anyone else lose sleep over these things? No, but the, the uh, Warriors the jersey, logo. the Chinese New Year, is because of the very large Asian population in San Francisco. Okay. All right, really quick. Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns, for those who didn't see it, although I assume that most people have, uh, Embiid went on Twitter – and uh, or Instagram posted a picture of him blowing past Carl Anthony Towns with a Euro step, made a comment that it was good to go in and get the win and raise the cat. Carl uh, Anthony Towns made a made a comment, and Embiid fired back. That was that, that was more or less it. It was spicy. I do like that Embiid gets people so riled up and then just always responds with, "I'm just trying to have fun on spo- social media." And then instantly the other guy seems like a huge douchebag because Embiid's like, why can't anyone take a joke? I love it. He said, um, sorry, I, I should have done this before. Embiid said, Euro stepping our way through Minnesota and we ended up raising the cat last night. Hashtag the process. Carl Anthony Towns apparently thought that he was making reference to him being cat. Carl Anthony Towns says that caption was as trash as your picture quality, to which Embiid immediately responds, better quality than your defense. Uh, the best thing about Joel is the fact that not only does he start these things, but the fact that like he is always ready to fire back with a very witty quip. And he's apparently he says that people are calling him Troel now. I enjoy that. Did you guys I read like the Ramona Shelbourne piece that ESPN did? Because you might, that you might be the tenth person in the last three days to ask, say that exact phrase to me. Okay, um, so. That, that was a good one, and, and they actually did talk about him trolling people. And the other thing it. I thought that he said in there that is interesting was not – it's like he is so self-aware, and he mentioned that people are eventually going to hate me. Like he already knows this. Like he, he pointed to LeBron, to Steph. He's like, people hate Steph. He's like, why? He doesn't do anything wrong, and yet they do because people like new things. He's, he's like, I know people are eventually just going to not like me, and like I'm already – prepared for that like it's going to happen especially with how you know inflammatory he can be on social media by needling guys like if there's anything i think that's pretty smart because there's not a lot of athletes who know that even after they're hated um and you know they tend to wear that like misunderstanding on their sleeve i think that is super insightful from a guy who's been in the country for what like six years to really like truly understand this that's something donovan McNabb's never understood that, you know, it's funny. I was actually going to mention him as one of the guys who, like, just purely never, never got. Could like, you imagine if Donovan was around and, like, on Twitter when it was, like, actually going on? He would be so bad at it. Yeah, he would. He would yeah. yeah, like, he, he would, would be, the, he would be the guy that would, like, tweet out eye emojis, like, that he's seeing things from, like, columnists taking shots at him. 
All I, am I the only one who thought the other day about like how far his life has fallen from doing Campbell's Chunky Soup commercials with his mom to sexual harassment and DUIs? His, his star has been extinguished. Speaking of stars, anybody see Markel Fultz wearing a Dallas Cowboys hat? He wore it on his uh, on his one Snapchat story. One of your better story. transitions. And uh, there was that freaking blue Dallas star. And so I, I uh, tweeted a Skaversky tweet. I, I made up a Skaversky tweet. And I was very proud of myself with all kinds of emojis. But uh, people, people like kind of latched onto it, and they're like mad. I, this is why I don't like people. The fact that, like, somebody wearing a Cowboys hat, and now everybody's, le- like, all these people on Twitter are like, get this guy out of the city. He doesn't understand us. I'm like, my God. The kid grew up in Prince George's County, Maryland. Godforsaken Maryland. But is he PG a 444 four, four, uh, Philly fan? Well, he's sure not a 5 for 5 Philly fan. They don't spend money. So, yeah, 4 for 4. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess not. He, uh, he bailed on Carson Wentz. I guess he's going to be rooting for Dak. Freaking Allen Iverson wore Cowboys stuff. To, uh, to get yeah, this. Alan Iverson wears he just he just likes sports logos on him. And he maybe wears that's, every team. You know, maybe that's what uh like I, having having been in PG County plenty, there PG. are a decent amount. What you're laughing, but like no, you I, don't call it Prince George's County, Maryland. PG I County. Do. Okay. Uh, well, then you just don't do it right. But like PG County, like it's a it's a weird hodgepodge of of people where like there are just as many Redskins fans as Pittsburgh Steelers fans as Baltimore Ravens fans, like. That is a, a melting pot if I've ever seen one. So it's not like out of the realm of possibility for it to be a normal thing for Fultz to have liked the Cowboys. But like I, I don't I don't understand the idea that like if you're an athlete in a city, the only teams that you're allowed to wear are from that city. Like, it I used to it's bother just, it's me. a stupid antiquated thing. It used to bother me Mike Richards wear a Yankees hat, I'm not gonna lie. When Richards did? Yeah. Because yeah. it was during like the it was right after the Phillies Yankees World Series, he would go to Phillies games. It's like, dude, like you know, come on. I don't know. That one bothered me. I don't know I why, but I agree with you. I agree with you in principle. Games, hey, by the way, I just scrolling my timeline. Josh Hart got his first star for the Lakers and put up a double double last night. Not bad. Good for him. Did you- hey, we got a new sponsor to tell you about. Ooh. So we have. So we want to welcome as our sponsor. Let me make sure I pull up the ad read here so I don't completely butcher this. Okay. Um, so we want to welcome new sponsor to the podcast, to the website, Amerigas Propane. Propane and propane accessories. Little King of the Hill reference for those of you who uh, grew up in the 90s. Propane and propane accessories. Thank you, Russell. Amerigas um, is our new sponsor. Uh, they're going to be with us for a little while here. Um, they're the na- if, if you are not familiar with them, they're the nation's number one propane provider, available at over 55,000 locations nationwide, uh, most notably Home Depot and 7-Elevens. If you, need, if you need some propane, that is the place to go to get your Amerigas propane. Um, they are... I, and I'm ju- I've learned this just sort of working through the process of bringing them on as a sponsor that a big part of their business is tailgating. It's people, you know, with portable grills and, and buying the tanks because, you know, the propane just doesn't fuel the grill. It can also fuel, like, outside heat lamps and stuff like that. So um, they were excited to work with us. And they are, um, to get a little buzz here, are having a terrific tailgating giveaway for us to give away to readers. It's got over $500 worth of prizes. Among them, you get a portable grill. You get an outdoor, like, heat lamp, the you know, a miniature version, a portable one of those things you would find at, like, bars that have outdoor patios. Super nice. You get two tailgating chairs with a sunshade. You get a hose to hook it all up, and you get $200 worth of apparel from 
The Crossing Broad store, which you can use on anything in our store. Which you can get like literally eight t-shirts with that. Um, so this is and all they're nice t-shirts. They are Very nice t-shirts. super nice t-shirts, though. I'm, I'm convinced my wife is ready to just throw them all in the trash because she's sick and tired of packing them all. But um, yes, so $500 worth of prizes here. Super cool. We're going to announce the winner before the Eagles' first home playoff game, whenever that is. Um, obviously, this is geared towards um, you know, Eagles fans and sort of people who spend a good chunk of the day tailgating, uh, you could use it all summer. Great for like a, an April Phillies game. Still going to be a little nippy. You'll have the, uh, the portable heater and you're getting a portable grill out of this. So we will basically outfit like eight people at your tailgate and take care of all the things. All you'll have to add is the propane tank because I'm sure there's all sorts of rules and regulations about giving away gas to people. So uh, if, you, if you are interested in checking this out, all you got to do is enter your name and email address. Go to crossingbroad.com backslash Amerigas. Crossingbroad.com backslash Amerigas should be easy to find. We will also have a banner ad on the website uh, and, you know, like do like weekly reminders for this sort of thing. So uh, you'll see it. All you got to do is name and email address and you'll be entered to win this and we will announce it. I guess we can announce it live on the show. Adam, you asked last time. I asked about that. I don't think yeah. anyone had a problem. So we could pick the winner out live on the show. So our thanks to Amerigas for sponsoring the podcast, sponsoring the website. Uh, looking forward to working with them. And I got a pretty cool giveaway. Not bad at all. The portable grill is like, I kind of want it, but I don't think I'm eligible to win. So, um, so I love propane. Be- There's nothing better than a fresh propane tank. Well, mm. look, I'm not I, even I'm- kidding. I'll tell you because what. There's nothing worse than not having propane. That good point. That that is I had a we had family over for a barbecue like a year ago. Pour like the pouring raining in two years, whatever. Pouring fucking raining. I'm I got all this meat for everybody. We had a little awning on our patio in our old house. So I go out, I go to cook it, the flame starts up and the grill dies. And you gotta run, had to run out, most likely got a Marigas propane tank. But I'm in the pouring drain. I'm like I'm like Ryan Gosling in the notebook, like carrying this propane thing to my car, out of the car, around to the backyard at home. Like total disaster. Where we you don't have, keep a backup? Well, I do now. I sure as hell do uh, now. Stock um, up on Amerigas. We got yep. Yep, We got people got coming over for the holidays. Sometimes we'll do a I'll do a roast beast out on the grill for Christmas. I don't mm. know if we're doing it this year, but like you you be damn sure I bought a spare last year when I did that. Even though I knew mine was full, like I'm like I cannot ruin Christmas here. I have a spare sitting there. So um, always good to have one. Go to Home Depot's, pick up an Amerigas. Nation's number one propane provider. But also enter our contest, lots of free prizes, you know, for whatever. But you could basically like we will create your tailgate. All you gotta do is add a few hot dogs and and pick up the propane tech. So, Kyle, you you mentioned tailgating in an Eagles playoff game. And really mm. quick, before I go, there was a stat that I was looking at. I was watching Colin Coward, and he had put the Eagles, he had dropped them down to eighth in his power rankings, and then he brought them back up to third. And his rationale for it, and it's something that I'm getting a little bit behind, I'm still not changing my position on the Eagles, but uh, he broke down, he had the breakdown between Nick Foles with Andy Reid, Chip Kelly, and Doug Peterson versus with Jeff Fisher. Mm-hmm. And to give people an idea, like records, I don't really care all that much about, but the record was 16 and 9 versus 4 and 7. The bigger thing was completion percentage with a real coach, 62% versus 56. His touchdowns to interceptions with real coaches, real offenses, were 49 touchdowns to 17 interceptions versus Jeff Fisher's 7 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. 
his passer rating was just under 95 with I those coaches lost. versus 69 with Jeff Fisher. What are you lost by? Why you lost? Just a lot of numbers. When Russ, okay, so, can you bring, can you t- tell it to me as a teacher? Can you give a little more oomph in All right, your so, delivery? All right, no, hold on, okay, hold on. So Adam, Everyone's got it. If they so, want to hear it, they can rewind. So ask Adam, Adam about the. Ask Adam. No, I think I think there's a good question for Adam here. Um, I gotta go. That no, was my last. That was, that was my last. It. Well, you gotta listen to my, his response. Can't what, hang up and listen. Yeah, Russ, you can't I, leave. I have, to, I have to hang up and listen. I go right. quick. Quick, what? All right, so Adam, well, I was going to pose it to Adam as a question rather than as a series of numbers. Adam, you're the NFL guy. Like, how much of a difference? You got Jared Goff, right? You got Case Keenum. You got Nick Foles. All guys who have played for Jeff Fisher and have not really had any success under him. Now, at least two of the three thus far are having a ton of success this year. How much of an impact does the non-existent Jeff Fisher offense have on the careers of guys like Case Keenum and particularly in this case, Nick Foles, who has been fairly decent when he wasn't with the Rams? I think that everyone needs to realize that, uh, one, I think it's very interesting that Jeff Fisher himself has become a meme and that we're still talking about him even though he's not there because he was the beacon of mediocrity for so long. Uh, I think people need to realize, one, that Jeff Fisher did kind of learn a little bit under Buddy Ryan. And Buddy Ryan's whole notion was, I care about defense and the offense is going to figure it out. And that when you look at those Buddy Ryan teams, the Eagles in the early 90s, he never even really had a good offensive. He never even really had an offensive coordinator for Randall Cunningham. He just said, figure it out. Uh, I heard a story of uh, our, our baby, Jeff Garcia, on part of my take. And he was talking about how he coached on, on uh, that staff under, um, who the hell was I just talking about? I brain farted. Jeff Fisher. And how he was the most experienced quarterback guy, and yet he wasn't even allowed to speak to the quarterbacks or go into the quarterback room. There, there are certain coaches in this league that are not good at hiring coaches. Jeff Fisher last year, as his offensive coordinator, had Rob Boris, who was a tight ends coach and never had experience calling plays. And that was the guy that he chose to help teach and mentor the first pick in the draft. When when you don't have a good play caller, this goes to everything, like the, the philosophy of the offense, the play calling, the structure of what it is, the guy that really like sits down and mentors, of course it's gonna impact these guys. Nick Foles will be better now than he was under Jeff Fisher. Same thing as Case Keenum. Case Keenum has Pat Shermer, who was a a head coach here and did have head coaching experience with the Browns, but also has a long history of offensive coordinating. Their offensive line coach in Minnesota is Tony Sperano, a former head coach. Whether or not these guys were great head coaches, when you're a head coach and you get brought back down to the coordinator levels or the O-line levels, you're bringing so much wisdom because you understand how so much of the team functions. But the Eagles coaching staff, in my mind, is I believe it is the best in the NFL in terms of aiding a quarterback because we have three guys that were former OCs or quarterbacks themselves. Frank Reich, John Filippo, and then, of course, the head coach, Doug Peterson. That is so much wisdom for a quarterback. Uh, I, 
Man, I, I don't think it's understated how much Jeff Fisher's lack of attention to offensive coordinators and coaching staffs plays into the lack of success for those guys. Jeff Fisher cared about defense. And then it's funny, Jeff Fisher always got credit for good special teams, but really we're realizing, no, that was fossil. John, uh, I forget if it's Jim or John, not the coach of the Giants, his son, but he is a special teams genius. And we always gave those credit to Jeff Fisher. It was fossil. So I agree. Like it's, it's not understated. Their lack of attention for offensive coordinator is definitely the reason why Nick Foles was seen to be such a dud. Yeah, like the Rams' two biggest offensive plays for two years was like those their fake punts, the one they ran against the Seahawks, right? And deep in their own end last exactly. year. Exactly. Like that's always fossil. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So like I think that's the thing like I'm leaning on right now at the very least. Like Foles probably gonna look good against the Giants. And but we really don't know what we have. Like people are forgetting in twenty fourteen, he wasn't great. Like his numbers aren't great. Thirteen touchdowns, ten interceptions. He was not the same guy he was in twenty thirteen. Neither was the entire Eagles offense, by the way. Like the league was quickly discovering Chip Kelly. Additionally, I think, you know, Deshaun Jackson was gone at that point. And then, you know, but all that all that considered, the Eagles were 5-2 and two when Nick Foles got out, went out, and Mark Sanchez came in. And the Eagles continued to win a few more games. They won big against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Like, they were, they were in contention, and I think in position for a bye as of Thanksgiving. And then everything fell apart. A good chunk of that was quarterbacked by Nick Foles. So, like, here's a guy who has an incredible 2013 is the quarterback for a 5-2 and two team in 2014 before he goes out, and then they eventually fall apart under Mark Sanchez. Then he goes and plays for Jeff Fisher and the Rams and is terrible. And then he gets limited action with the Chiefs last year, and he was quite good. He had a quarterback rating over 500, like super small sample size. So it's like, yes, you know, we're not getting 2013 Nick Foles, which I've heard people on the radio say, which is ridiculous. But at the same time, we're not getting – you know, this inept quarterback that I think people might be thinking of simply because of how it ended here in Philly. How it ended was actually Mark Sanchez, and then he went on to the Rams. You know, those are the, those are the things that I am, I am leaning on right now. Even if Foles isn't great and is just decent, like, but just between 2013 and 2014 alone, he won, what, five and ten? He won, like, you know, he I guess he won the quarterback right at the start of the year. He won, like, 12 to 13 games out of the like 16 games he started like he is more than capable of being a quarterback on a winning team in the NFL I think that and this will be the best team he's ever had around him most likely I mean that is there's a lot to go on here like it's a good fairly well-rounded offense at this point um, obviously the defense is quite good. There's a good running game. Like there's a lot going for the Eagles that Nick Foles probably didn't have before. They had a great offense in 2013, but like now you combine that with a good defense and there's not as much pressure to just put up points the way those Chip Kelly teams were doing. I don't yeah. know. I'm not like uh, we've we're it's Friday and we fully talked ourselves into Nick Foles. I get it. I totally no, I, I think look, uh, I don't think you have a 27 and two touchdown to interception ratio based on luck and a scheme that was that different. You still got to make the throws. You still got to do it. You still have to have like sort of your, your sense and wit together. Uh, I, I think he's somewhere between that and Buzz Bissinger saying that he's a wet noodle that'll never be successful. Yeah, I agree. And I look at this team and I go, all right, it's really suited 
for a, a team where I've always said this about the, the structure. Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey, and like the guys like the Nelson Aguilar are really good receivers because they're all fucking big. You know, that Chip Kelly team, like everybody was tiny, you know, and it's easier to get completions with a guy like Alshon where you have those 50-50 balls and lobbing it up. And I'd say the same thing for Ertz. And I'd say Aguilar has himself one hell of a reach. Um, the offensive line, I think, of course, we'd still like Peters, but it's still it's still very formidable. And I'm excited to see if they can unleash some, unleash some road graders and really get this going. Um, and also, it's by far the best defense that he's had. I I think that this weekend, I think they're going to beat the shit out of the Giants. Like, I really do. Like, I think that we're going to see the defense become the vocal leaders of this team. And also, I think they're going to stop doing the wide nine the whole game. Like, I really hope so. When Sims went back and watched Eagles-Rams, and I just go through his notes and I pick out the things that are interesting to me. He said when Carson Wentz went down, Jim Schwartz stopped being so aggressive and it made the defense better. And I'm hoping that he realizes it. The problem with Jim Schwartz is he's a defensive coordinator that goes, oh, Doug's getting conservative, let me attack. And the problem is, is we don't need to attack. The defensive line is so good that you don't need to blitz and put your corners on an island. <coughs> Russell Wilson play. Like, they're that good. They Like, Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and Vinnie Curry can get there themselves. We don't need to blitz that much. So I'm hoping that Schwartz learned from that and then does that in the Giants game. But I think Nick Foles is the better quarterback in the game this weekend. I think he's better than Eli Manning right now. We have better wide receivers. We have better running backs. We have a better offensive line. We have a better D-line. We have better linebackers. We have a better secondary. We're better at every stage of the game. I think we could win this game. The line is seven. I think the Eagles might win this game by 14. Yeah, it opened it. Uh, you know, I think it was going to be nine with Wentz or whatever. It only came down to seven, not even the full three points the people anticipated. Uh, stop me if we talked about this on Wednesday show. I don't. Remember. I don't remember. <laughs> well, uh, no, but then there's so the the numbers guys, the odds guys, the sharps, not the you know like charlatan gambling guys, but like the actual analytical the guys. The point total they assigned to certain players. Yeah, and I know I know we briefly touched on that. And when yeah, Rogers went, the Packers went from nine point underdogs to three. Yeah, so he. I jumped the, all over that. Is he the tier set, like the tier he unto is. his own guy? Yeah, Rodgers is number is in the tier to himself, and then like Brady is in the tier like right below him. But I believe Brady jumped up to Rodgers' tier because they got rid of Garoppolo. And I also think that Roethlisberger's in that tier too. So the, yeah, if people don't know what we're talking about, like I guess the, the odds makers set these tiers for how much different players are worth. Um, the way I understand it, those guys, the, the Rodgers in the Tier 7, Carson was becoming a Tier 6 quarterback this year, which means, the, if I understand it correctly, he was good for about 3 to 4 points per game in terms of the spread. Um, so what has happened there? So so one of these odds makers went out. This is from Sports Insights, the guys over at Sports Insights, and Bet Labs, which is the like partner site of Fantasy Labs, two really good sites. I subscribe to Fantasy and Bet Labs. It's really good stuff. Um but one of the things they looked at, so they, they took an odds maker and they said, all right, if the season were to end today and the Eagles were playing a home playoff game, what would the lines now look like if they were against every 
other right. team in the NFL, every other playoff team, including, including by the way, the AFC, just for the hell of it. They would still be a favorite at home. Now, granted, at home. Remember, you're almost always giving away three points at home. So they would still be a favorite, granted, somewhere between zero and three to all the NFC teams, simply by the virtue of having home field advantage. They would be a push against the Vikings, would be their worst line if the season were to end today, according to this guy's prediction. The only teams they would be underdogs to, again, they wouldn't be playing them at home, obviously, would be the Patriots and the Steelers at this point. So, like, on one hand, yeah, being a two-point favorite at home doesn't inspire a ton of confidence because typically the home point, the home team will be a three-point favorite if they're completely evenly matched. But the, this is the reason why getting out to such a hot start is actually meaning something now. And when people say you can't rely on Nick Foles to play you, you know, get you to a Super Bowl, I agree with that. But Nick Foles doesn't have to go the whole road. Carson Wentz has driven us like 65% of the way there by virtue of putting us in a position to have two home playoff games. So, like, again, these are the things I'm leaning on. Like, if the Eagles are home in a playoff game, they're not going to be an underdog. Even though it'll be closer than we'd like in terms of the spread, like you're still looking at a favorite due to the virtue that Carson Wentz and the Eagles have been so good all season and put themselves in a good position to win. Home field advantage is legitimately worth those three points. And they're making up, for, at this moment, those three points might be making up for the loss uh, of Wentz. Yeah, that's why these next two games are so big. They get home field advantage, there's a chance. Like, there's a legitimate chance. I forgot today is Sixers programming all day on ESPN. Yes. Like 24-7. Yeah. How much of that are you going to take in? I'm going to put it on. Yeah, I know they sent out a press release of where they're going to be. I'm definitely going to put it on and, and DVR, and we'll call out some highlights on the website. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I would say that I would say the highlight of the day, and I will say this for the first time and likely the last, is first take. And that's Joel Embiid and Stephen A. Smith on first take. Uh, I'm going to predict that there are three moments that go viral from just that segment. <laughs> like it's going to be, there's going to be, these are my predictions. A Joel Embiid reaction to something Stephen A. says, where like he lifts his brow or like shakes his head or something. There's going to be a walking in meme or a dapping up meme when they see each other. And then there's going to be an actual clip of something Embiid says that's funny. I'll say three things go viral from that boat. Fair enough. Yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah, look, I forgot. I think that's cool. Like, this is the first team ESPN is doing this with. It should and tell you all you need to know about it, the Sixers on a exactly, national level. Exactly. It's yep. further proof that they're one of them, Lonzo Ball, like Embiid, Lonzo Ball. Like, there are certain guys right now that automatically move the needer, needle from a national perspective. And Embiid's one of them. Yep. yep. Uh, what's your score prediction for Sunday? <sighs> Do I have to factor in the the miss? I'm fuck this. Go to 32 points. See, that's the perfect situation. Because if the Eagles put up 32 in their first game, I can already see people going. Do they even need? Is is this team just as good without Carson Wentz? You know what? For as as awful as those conversations are going to be. I will take them because if we're having them, it means the Eagles are still winning. Like if I'm we gonna... get if Nick Foles wins a playoff game, we're like, is it bet? I guarantee you, is it better to have the veteran quarterback in these big playoff games? Like I don't even care. I will drink those. I will drink those conversations because it means the Eagles are en route to a Super Bowl. 
I'm going to go 24 to 9. Nine. Niner. Yeah, in honor. uh, Well, you know what? Let me change that. I'm going to go 24. No, 11's not feasible. I'm going to go 24 to 9. That's the beauty of picking the Doug Peterson scores. You can always pick the non-feasible, even though it's the other team. Never mind. Exactly. Never mind. They're going to go 32-18. I forgot. This is also the reunion of Russell Westbrook back in Philadelphia and the return, hopefully, of the double bird guy. Double bird guy. I have seen him. Uh, he still has those seats because occasionally you'll catch him on the you know courtside camera angle. So he's still there. I would think it's his big return. He is a. I don't know if you know that he is a doctor. I was getting I shit that. last year because I, I forget how somehow like mid game. A doctor or like an orthodontist. Yeah, you know he went to medic. No, I think, uh, I think like he, doctor. he might be a doctor. Yeah, but I, I um. No offense, had, orthodontists. I had uh. Someone had, whatever, I dug up, like, his LinkedIn mid-game last year during that and tweeted it out. Like, yo, this guy's actually a doctor. This is pretty funny. And people were just, like, harassing me on Twitter. Like, one of those tweets just catches fire. And people are like, how dare you out this guy? Like, how dare you put his name out there? Like, now people are going to send him death threats. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, now his job's in jeopardy. I'm like, first of all, this isn't that big of a deal. Second of all, like, it's funny because he's a doctor, you know, like acting, you know, a little bit crazy. Second of all, he was just on national television putting up two fingers. Like if he's going to get in any sort of trouble at work, it's not because of my tweet. It's because he's on ESPN with both of his fingers in the air. So I don't know. I found that funny. People are ridiculous. Wait, he, did I he look, keep his job or did he lose it? No, he didn't lose his job. Was, who cares? He wasn't doing anything wrong. It was funny. I don't know how people react today. Yeah, he wasn't out there throwing around the N-word. Like, he put up his middle fingers. Like, so yeah. what? So what? Uh-oh, here Man, we go. I... 97.5 is tweeting the Markel Falls Instagram. Oh, no, baby. What is you doing? Oh, boy. Here we go. Do you know what that's in reference to, Kyle? He's wearing the Cowboys hat. Yeah, but do you know what the phrase, oh, no, baby, what is you doing? Uh, no, I know I've heard it. There is a uh, these two guys dancing Dan and this other guy, and while he's dancing, he goes, oh, no, baby, what is you doing? That's 97.5 trying to be hip. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the story of Carson Wentz FaceTiming the quarterbacks and asking, like, right after he got out of surgery, what is this new play that I just saw in the email is just further proof that I will sacrifice everything for his long-term health, including future offspring. Anyone, like, slightly upset that uh... – that the Eagles are emailing plays around. I feel like we got a little Hillary Clinton here. Like I need those things locked down. I don't need I don't need my plays on an email server. I need like a secure, like bio authenticated app to sharing our plays. Yo, the direct deposit just hit Kyle. I'm pretty excited. <laughs> it's the Friday morning. <laughs> oh my god, the Friday morning direct deposit. To everyone out there whose direct deposit just hit, I salute you. Yeah. Spring for an extra side of fries. It's a big day. Let's go. Spring for an extra uh, Crossing Broad t-shirt. I actually noticed a spike Friday lunchtime sales, and I'm convinced it's because it's payday. Of course, because at that point you're like, what's 25 bucks? Nothing. That's right. Um, All right, so, shit, I feel like we missed something. That's it. Uh, Net neutrality, but we're not getting into that now. Too much to unpack there. I feel like if you asked people... If they should have voted for net neutrality or against it, how many people do you think would get it right? 
Fra- you, yeah, you could phrase that so half the people would get it wrong. Yeah. Like the cons, if you if you posed both sides of the concept to people, they would get it right. But like the net neutrality thing could like be phrased as a double negative, and people aren't sure what they're answering. Well, what's your what's your minute long take? <clears throat> oh boy. Uh, so, okay, real quick. The net, for those who don't know, the net neutrality thing is basically like that broadband and ISPs have to cannot decide to charge you more for certain websites or services like Netflix or whatever, and they have to just treat your broadband signal like the phone line like you could pass through whatever you want for that all for the same price they can't prioritize stuff so generally speaking yesterday what happened is that got overturned and it will now allow those companies to go ahead and you know charge you more for different lanes and different tiers and stuff like that people are obviously against it because it's the like anti um you know democratization of the internet which is what made the internet so great Couple of things though, and you know, in principle, I agree with all of that. Obviously, as someone who runs a website, I would not want Comcast having me have to pay them or users have to pay them to access sites like mine. Ditto with Bleacher Report and all that stuff. The difference here is this law was only enacted in 2015 under Obama. Like, so all it did was undo what happened in 2015. And by the way, the internet was just fine up until 2015. People are freaking out because it feels like Big Brother. It feels like some sort of conspiracy. I'm a little bit more like centrist on this because what it does is it eases regulation for um, like not only Comcast and Verizon, but like smaller infrastructure providers for broadband who need to continuously increase these networks. And there was like it was very hard for there to be any sort of innovation with broadband. Like we have relatively slow broadband in the U.S. with the sort of regulation that was in place. So like I don't I'm not so sure that it's a bad thing. The fear is that Comcast can make you spend two dollars to read a site like Crossing Broad. The 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 reality is that it will allow like smaller companies who are investing in like gigabit Ethernet to actually move forward and not have to like navigate all sorts of regulatory approval to do that. Like that is sort of the crux of the argument. What do you think, man? I I tried to give my one minute spiel. Yeah, well, what do you think about like how it would impact a site like yours and also like subscriptions and stuff? See, I don't think it will. Like, it, you know, people are like, well, what if you criticize Comcast and they decide to block your site? Like, I guess legally that's a possibility, but that's not. That's really not the intent here because the the fact of the matter is like if they start doing stuff like that. The PR, like, the PR backlash is going to be so, such a nightmare. Like, they had the ability to do things like that prior to 2015. And they occasionally there would be these little things them and Verizon would do, and then it would get publicized, and they'd be like, oh, shit, we can't do that. People hate us. You know, you know people are, are, you know, pushing back. So, like, there will, there will be increased competition. Like, this is a classic, like, left-right argument. So will there be impacts? Yes, but I predict, like, Generally speaking, broadband prices overall, as an average, stay within 10% in one direction or the other. Because what's going to happen is like people like our parents who don't use as much data as us may be able to get broadband plans that, you know, they don't have streaming video attached to them. They don't have certain social networks. Whereas people like us might pay a little bit more because we use it a lot more. And like that's going to be what happens. Um, The reality is like with connected cars and they cited this yesterday but like connected cars and virtual reality and 4k like eventually 4k cable and streaming video like 
all of these things are going to require significant more bandwidth than what we have today, like what the infrastructure is capable of. And it's going to require investment and like some sort of innovation in like actual broadband networks. And under the the law that was in place, like it made it very hard and cumbersome for anyone other than the biggest companies to spend money there because they had to like navigate all this regulatory like red tape. So like there's two sides to the argument. It's very much a left right thing. Like does less regulation mean is the right side like right. more innovation or is it like is regulation good but it makes it that much harder and there's like a slew of these like small broadband companies that have been trying to build out gigabit ethernet especially in like underprivileged areas. Like that's the thing of this. But they couldn't because they had to spend so much on lawyers because it was so like heavily regulated and you have to get like, you know, when stuff's regulated like that, you can't just like build a network. You have to, you know, get approvals every step of the way. So, you know, there's two sides to the argument, but I don't think it's like the dire like, oh, God, Big Brother's taking over the Internet that everybody, everybody does. I don't think like practically speaking, it is. And in countries that do it now, there's other reasons like. They have faster internet for cheaper prices. And then they have like additional tiers that you can buy like, okay, you can buy a fast lane for your streaming video and pay an extra $5 a month. But their base tier is like half of what we're paying now. Like I'm paying like 80 bucks a month for broadband. Like that's, it, it may be in the future that I'm paying 30 and then like I spend five here if I want, you know, higher streaming video, 10 here if, you know, you want... 4k streaming video whatever it is and you probably wind up around the same price or a little bit more but i don't think it's like this like you know they're taking over the internet and blocking sites like i just don't think it's going to happen and if it does then you put the right like then a future administration you know puts most likely democrats in there and they put the regulation in place like i think i think that's the sort of thing that happens i thought that was informative i'm glad you said that yeah you know because the i I know i won't go on a, a rant here but the whole thing about like it was this way before 2015, and there were no problems. Like, it wasn't like Comcast was blocking websites to criticize them. Like, and so until there's, like, actually these issues, um, you know. You yeah, everyone, always, everyone like, brings up the extremes to right. pass their point. And the fact is it wasn't happening. And when, if and when it does, like, there's already checks. People are like, well, Comcast will buy these small infrastructure providers and become a monopoly. Well, guess what? There's laws in place to prevent monopolies, and they have worked. They've worked with Comcast before when they tried to buy, like, um, you know, what was it, Time Warner or whatever, right? right. Um, so, like, if there are checks in place. And if, it, if, you know, it gets out of hand, then there will be a future administration to come in and put, like, restrictions here. But that stuff hasn't happened because... It's really not the purpose of this. The purpose is to, you know, it definitely helps the Comcast of the world, but that's not a bad thing. Like, you know, our internet speeds are not what other countries have. Like, you know, let these companies have the freedom to innovate a little bit. And that includes Comcast. Like, you know, let yep. them compete to build gigabit Ethernet. You know, we, the other countries have it. We don't. We should. And that's part of the reason. So, yeah. yeah. So it might not hurt as much as people think. And it's, I don't think it's going to be the dire consequence. It will be interesting. All right, guys, as always, it's been fun. Russ, I know you're out there somewhere. Appreciate you. At Julian Broad. Kyle is at Crossing Broad. I am at Adam Lefko. And uh, this has been another week of the Crossing Broadcast. Enjoy the Eagles game. Enjoy the Sixers game. Enjoy all the memes that will be coming out of Joel Embiid on ESPN today and all of the Sixers coverage. Uh, hit us up, iTunes review, and I'll make sure that well, Russ will make sure that we read it next week, uh, and we'll go and we'll celebrate 
the first win of Nikki Six as a starting quarterback for the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles. God bless. I hope the mush does not take into effect there, but I'm feeling good. All right, guys, have a good weekend.